few thoughts around your friend, the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about today uh, in John 15, 16, 17, we have some of Jesus' final words. He's about to head off. He's leaving the disciples behind, and so he gives them some uh, very insightful teaching. Uh, John 15, 1 to 4, talks about keeping connected to him. And a few uh, weeks ago, I spoke about different ways that we connect with God so that we can keep being fruitful in our life. Uh, today, we want to look at another teaching. So John 14, 15 to 17, Jesus speaking says this, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, the NIV says. Some of your translations might say comforter or friend or helper, to help you and to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and he will be in you. You know, it's interesting, the disciples had been with Jesus for about three, three and a half years in this kind of traveling Bible college. It would have been an amazing experience to kind of be there, see miracles, healings, kind of up close and personal, uh, phenomenal teaching. How many are glad they took some notes? That, that's why we got the Gospels, because, you know, some of them took some notes. Um, they had uh, amazing hands-on um, training, uh, some rebukes occasionally when they got it wrong, but it was an amazing three-year experience uh, for these disciples being around Jesus. Yet they needed more than just being in a wonderful environment. You know, after three years with Jesus, <laughs> Peter uh, was around a fire and this little teenager says, hey, weren't you with Jesus? He goes, nah, I never heard of the guy. He's been with Jesus for three years, but he's still a little afraid. <laughs> Bit, bit, bit timid, actually denied Jesus three times. It's one thing to be a good environment. It's one thing to be around Jesus. But Jesus says, you know, it's actually good I'm going away because although I've been with you, I'm going to send someone who's going to live on the inside of you. That, that, that person's name is the Holy Spirit. And how many know when the Holy Spirit came inside of Peter, he stood up on the street corner and preached and 3,000 people responded. What, what, what changed? Well, uh, the Holy Spirit was now inside Peter, giving him the power and boldness he needed to witness. And so we want to talk about the Holy Spirit today. Holy Spirit's a person, not a power, influence, or force. And as Christians, we worship one God who has revealed himself as a trinity, Father, Son, Spirit. Not three gods, one God, three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. And in many ways, the Christian life, as we get to know God, is getting to know not just God, but Father, Son, and Spirit. We begin by getting to know Jesus. And many of you have heard of Jesus, and He came to live, and then He died on that cross, and you can be forgiven, and we accept Jesus as our Savior and the leader of our life. That's where we begin the Christian life, is following Jesus. But that's not the end. Jesus said, I am the way, which means the road, the pathway. I am the way to the Father. And so at some stage, hopefully in your journey of faith, you've come to realize that not only is there Jesus, but no matter what your natural father was like, God is your perfect heavenly father. And you are his child. And his love for you is not based on how well you're doing. It's not based on your performance. Um, it's based on the fact that you uh, his son or his daughter. I've told the story before, but um, when uh, we had our first little boy, Josiah, a little redhead baby, I was holding him, and I loved him so much, I still do, and I thought about, why do I love him? He hasn't done anything. <laughs> hasn't kicked a goal. Hasn't got an A on a test. 
hasn't made any money. In fact, it cost us a lot of money just to get him here. You know, cot, pram, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and, and I thought, I love him so much. Why? It's got nothing to do with what he's done. It's because he's my boy. <laughs> and for the first time, God's love as a father for me dropped from information in my head down into my heart to realize that's what, if I as a human father feel that, what does God feel about me? His love is not based on how well you're doing. It's based on the fact that you're his child. And so we get to know Jesus, and then we get to know the love of the Father, and you move away from this kind of performance-orientated, striving and struggling life to just a, a life built on the fact you're already loved, you're already valued, you're already important. And then thirdly, we, we need to get to know the Holy Spirit, uh, who also is a person. Uh, in this verse, I will give you another advocate. In the Greek, the word is para which means uh, someone you call in to help and to assist you. It's such a, a rich Greek word that no one English word captures it. Uh, advocate is one aspect, that idea of maybe you're in a court of law and you're being condemned and someone pleads on your behalf. That's one dimension of the word. Another word is the word comforter. When you're struggling and you're lacking strength, the comforter comes to help you. Another word is the word helper. Another word is the word encourager. And also today we're using the word friend. And so the Holy Spirit is all of these things. Your advocate, your helper, your encourager, your friend, your helper. And life as a Christian is to be life together. That's our theme at Bayside this year. Together, not just with the community here, but together with God together with the Holy Spirit. Uh, later on, Paul unpacks a little bit more, uh, in, in more detail, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in a letter to Timothy, let's go to 2 Timothy, coming up on the screen, 1 verse 6 to 7. Uh, Timothy was a young, young leader. Uh, he was a bit shy, a bit timid, didn't have a lot of confidence. And so Paul's writing to encourage him. He says here, Timothy, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame. The gift of God which is in you through the laying out of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid or afraid or fearful, but gives us power and love and self-discipline. Now, like mo most Bible verses, you read them real quickly. It's easy to move on to the next one. But if you just slow down, there's a lot of gold. <laughs> there's a lot of insight. There's a lot of wisdom in this inspired statement by Paul, who's writing but the Holy Spirit's inspiring him here. And I, I want to draw some insights out of this uh, couple of verses about the, the ministry of your friend, the Holy Spirit. First thing, the Holy Spirit comes to break the power of fear in your life. Uh, Paul says, the Holy Spirit that God's given you, your friend Timothy, does not make you timid, afraid, or intimidated. You know, we all have fears. Every one of us have fears, and fear is between where you are now and where God wants you to be. Um, I'm told that in the Bible there's 365 times where it says, fear not, <laughs> one for every day of the year. Haven't counted them, but isn't it interesting how there's a fear, there's a, a doubt, a questioning that often uh, seeks to intimidate us from moving up into what God has for us. And so for every one of us here today, God has more that He's wanting to do in and through you. But fear is the enemy that will keep you intimidated and staying where you are. 
That was Timothy's situation. And Paul says to Timothy, guess what? The Holy Spirit has come to help you break that spirit of fear in your life. I needed that as a young kid because I was pretty shy, pretty timid. I could never imagine getting up on a platform and talking to people. I needed the help of the Holy Spirit to overcome my fear, to accept myself, and to believe that God could do something through my life. And so that's the first ministry of the Holy Spirit. Next point, the Holy Spirit, Paul says to Timothy, is a spirit of power. Uh, this is the Greek word dunamis. Anyone heard that word before? It's from where we get the word dynamite in the English language. Um, the Holy Spirit breaks fear, but gives you power. Uh, power, dynamite, strength and energy. You know, sometimes in life, the pressures and the adversity and what we're going through feels like it's going to overwhelm us. The Holy Spirit's your friend and the power on the inside of you is greater than the pressure on the outside of you. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, you don't have to collapse under that adversity, but you can resist and stand and withstand whatever life throws your way. And that's pretty good news. Your friend, the Holy Spirit, all the power that you need is right there in the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit comes to give us love. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love. Love is, come on, we use this word so often, don't we? It's, it's almost an overused word. In one sentence, I can say, I love God. <laughs> or I love football. I love Nicole. I love ice cream. How many know they're all different loves? You know, I don't kick Nicole. I don't kiss my football. You know, I lick my football. <laughs> I don't kiss my ice cream. You know, you don't get it all, all mixed up. We use the one word love, but in many different ways. Some of you figure out that, that a little later. So love, love, love. What, what does this mean? Even in the Greek language, there's different words for love. One Greek word is the word eros. Anyone heard of erotic? That's romantic or sexual love. That's one kind of love. Appropriate in the right context. That's not the word he uses. There's another Greek word called phileo, not filet, phileo, and it means brotherly love. You ever heard of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love? Uh, this is the feelings you have for people you are affiliated with. My bro, my sis, my cousin, my tribe. Uh, this is kind of a friendship love for people that you have stuff in common with. That's not the word he uses. All appropriate. The word here is the word agape, which didn't have a lot of use in the Greek world at the time, but emerged as a major word describing Christian love. See, agape is not so much a feeling, although it doesn't um, exclude emotion, but it's more of a choice to do what's good for another person. God so loved, God so agape the world. <laughs> God thought about what does the world need. Uh, agape is this love of another kind that puts the other person first. Think about how you want to be treated and then treat the other person that way. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. This is this kind of love. And so the Holy Spirit doesn't only break fear in our life. The Holy Spirit has all the power we need. And the Holy Spirit has all the love that you need. How many know it's easy to love people who are lovely? <laughs> but what about those annoying people in your world? Um, thankfully, it doesn't say like your enemies. You don't have to like your enemies. But it does say love your enemies. You know what that word love is? Agape. Um, see, if we just return to people what they give to us, how many know an eye for an eye, eventually the whole world is blind? Unless someone breaks the revenge cycle, unless someone breaks the anger cycle, you're angry with me, I'm angry with me. If we just kind of return, then everyone ends up 
destroyed. At some point, someone has to break the cycle and do good <laughs> to those who aren't doing good to you. I'll tell you what, I don't feel like doing that. Uh, where do you get that kind of love? Well, the Holy Spirit is your friend who has that kind of love to release to you. Uh, I first um, had to kind of grapple with this uh, in my teenage years. I was attending Blackburn South High School, third form back in those days. And uh, I'd been living in America for a couple of years where um, I kind of developed a really strong American accent. I went there and I, I said my name was Mark and a guy called me Mike for about 10 days. And he goes, oh, Mark. So I had, had to learn to say my name is Mark Connor. So I'm coming into Blackburn South Campus. So I'm a, a new student. Hey, what's your name? Mark Connor. Uh, you know, Richie Cunningham. You know, happy days time. This is so last century. Anyway, um, so I'm this shy kid and, and trying to develop a bit of confidence, so I rock up on this campus. I'm Australian, but I'm the, I'm the American kid that's just kind of joined, and so I go to my first PE class, and the PE uh, class was led by a very elderly German man named Mr. Drouch. He, he probably should have finished up 10 years earlier, uh, but he was still there, and no one liked him. Everyone called him Mr. Grouch. Uh, but his name was Mr. Drouch. So I rock into PE, and, and he goes, hey, new, new kid, what's your name? I go, Mark Connor. He goes, oh, Yankee boy, huh? I said, no, Mark Connor. Oh, okay, Yankee boy. Um, fr from the moment I arrived, he did his best to make life difficult for me. Um, he, as a German, had some animosity towards Americans in general. And so he went out of his way to embarrass me, uh, always called me Yankee boy. Um, he would grade my assignment with a D and give everyone else an A. And he just went out of his way to, 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 to kind of let some of this spite and animosity into this Yankee boy kid. You know. I hated that man. Like, I thought, uh, I'm not American. I was born right here. You know. and what have I done to you? Like, like I, I, I really hated that man. And I'd go home from school some days in tears, you know, talk to mom, dad. He just would embarrass me, do anything he could to stigmatize me. And um, I wanted to quit that class. I wanted to pull out. And um, it, was, it was a difficult time. Um, somewhere in there, I, I don't know what and how, I prayed, talked to mom and dad. And uh, somewhere in my young teenage mind, I just made a decision that I would treat this man with respect no matter how he treated me. And so I continued to call him Mr. Drouch. Well, everyone called him Mr. Grouch. Um, I didn't like him. I didn't feel like doing anything nice towards him, but I just continued to return back to him different than he was treating me. It wasn't, it wasn't easy, but I said, God help me. Uh, anyway, I got into the second half of the year. We started playing basketball. We'd move through all the different sports, and I was really good at basketball because uh, I'd be living in America. And so he was pretty impressed. Like, I, I, was, I was the best in the, in the class on that. And so, uh, anyway, it just started to, I, I started to see a little bit of a softening in this really hard man. I still remember the day in class, he called me Mark. I went, yes, <laughs> called me by my first name instead of Yankee boy. And uh, by the end of that year, don't worry, we didn't become best friends. Um, <laughs> but he started to give me some good grades, and I actually saw just a little 
a little softening, just a little melting of the iciness. And, and I learned a, a big lesson as a young person. You know, it takes two people to build a great relationship, and I'm not saying you should always stay in a bullying and abusive environment. But I learned something about a love of another kind. <laughs> I didn't have any positive feelings towards that man, but I chose to say, God, help me be loving to this person, even though they're not treating me that way. And so the Holy Spirit comes to break fear, to give you all the power you need, the love that you need. And then thirdly, to give us wisdom. Uh, the translation we read said it's a spirit, God, uh, it, the Holy Spirit is a spirit of self-discipline. Some of your translations say a sound mind. It's the ability to think and choose what is right. Uh, see, we don't lack knowledge today. We're in an information overload. If you don't know something, just ask Dr. Google. We, we got plenty of knowledge. We have less understanding. What does it all mean? There's a lot of people today have information but are looking for meaning in life. We have even less wisdom, which is how to apply what you know. <laughs> so plenty of knowledge, less understanding. But Proverbs says the principal thing is to get wisdom. How do I apply this to my life to make good decisions? The Holy Spirit not only helps you break fear, not only has all the power you need, not only has all the love that you need, Holy Spirit has all the wisdom to help you think clearly and to make good decisions in your life. How many think the Holy Spirit's a pretty good friend? I'm, I'm trying to impress you here today. Uh, the key is not just knowing all this about the Holy Spirit. The key is our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Look at this next slide. This is a benediction to the uh, letter to the Corinthians, uh, second letter. And in verse 14 of chapter 13, Paul says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Can you see the Trinity here? Father, Son, Spirit. May the grace of Jesus, who's now Lord and is the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. May the grace of Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, by implication the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The Greek word is koinonia. That means association, friendship, partnership, um, friendship. May the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So, so uh, engage with the grace of Jesus, engage with the love of the Father, but learn to fellowship with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. Now, the Trinity is hard to figure out. You know, one God, three persons. If you've figured it out, let me know. It's a mystery, and better minds than mine have been trying to get their head around this one God in three, three in one. It, the Trinity is a mystery. Um, and also, we, you know, we, we can't kind of um, put God in a space-time continuum. I mean, God is everywhere at once. He's omnipresent. But just for our feeble minds here today, I want you to think about the Trinity. Where's the Father right now? Heaven. Our Father who is in heaven. Okay, so the Father's in heaven. We don't know where heaven is. Some people think it's up. Other people think it's sideways, like a parallel universe, like it's right here. Just a thought. So, Father's in heaven, wherever that is. Where's Jesus? We've lost Jesus. Some people say in the heart. At, at the right hand. Okay, so Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. So the Father's in heaven, Jesus at the right hand. We've got Father, Son. Where's the Holy Spirit? 
Holy Spirit lives with us. Now, again, you can't separate God in that way, but Father's in heaven, Holy, uh, Jesus is next to the Father, Holy Spirit is with us. Uh, let, let me illustrate this real briefly. Steve, could you help me just for a moment? Um, just for a minute, I want you to be the Holy Spirit. Just for a minute. Uh, uh, easy job description. You don't need to say anything. Just, just kind of shadow me. So wherever I go, can you just kind of follow me? So we've got the Father up in heaven. We've got the Jesus uh, next to the Father, and the Holy Spirit is, is with us. Um, we, we practiced this all earlier this morning. We had a rehearsal. Um, but, but see, what we do sometimes in our life is, is we, we start the day, we get up in the morning, and we think, oh, I better have a bit of prayer before I go to work. And, and so we, we're not sure what to say, and we get up and not feeling anything, not sure what to pray. And then, and then um, you know, we, we, we open the Bible, you know, and uh, it, it's, it's oh, Ezekiel today. Man, what does that mean? Wheels, wheels, you know, I don't know. And then we head off, head off to, to school or work, and someone says, hey, what would you do on the weekend? It's like, oh, not much. What would you do? You know? And so we kind of go through life, and sometimes life, even as a Christian, can be a little bit difficult. And, and it's almost like subconsciously we're saying, God, would you help me? And I think if we could hear the Father and the Son, they would say, we already did. We sent the Holy Spirit as your helper. Do you know it's possible to live in a home with someone and never talk to them? Be rude. But it's possible to live in a home with someone and never talk to them. And a lot of Christians kind of, God, Jesus, why don't you help me? They don't realize they have a helper right there. And you know when you get up in the morning to pray, you don't know what to pray? The Holy Spirit knows the mind of the of the Father and can give you the words to pray. When you open up the Bible and you get to Ezekiel, guess what? He wrote Ezekiel. No, not, not Steve. <laughs> the Holy Spirit wrote this and can help you. You know, you go to work and, hey, what'd you do in the weekend? And, and you're, you're a little nervous. You don't know what to say. The Holy Spirit can even pick your stuff up when you drop it. Um, the Holy Spirit can give you the words to say. You know, you're over here and there's a bit of a temptation. The Holy Spirit is here to help us live the Christian life. But unless we have a partnership, unless we fellowship with the Holy Spirit, we end up doing things in our own strength. Come on, give Steve a big clap today. Big clap today. Now, the, the key thing in this relationship is the parakletos, that Greek word, means to call. <laughs> You've got to call on the Holy Spirit. Um, a, a story I want to tell, you may have heard it, and if you've heard it before, you know, um, I've only lived one life, so I have limited material. Uh, when we first got married, Nicole and I lived out in Baronia, and we had a weatherboard house, and uh, it was a bit of a fixer-upper, and this house had a lot of trees in the garden, very overgrown. So one Saturday, Nicole said, honey, we've got to get some rid of some of these trees so some light can come in the window. So she gave me a, a list of all the trees she wanted taken out. Uh, anyway, I headed out, got my gloves, got my crowbar, got my shovel. Isn't it amazing how some thin trees like have incredible youth, uh, root structures? <laughs> so I'm out there digging away like it's really hard work and I'm not making a lot of progress. I'm pretty frustrated. Anyway, we get into the early afternoon and my mate, John, just happens to be in the neighborhood and he pulls in the driveway and says, hey, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying, trying to pull all these trees out. It's such hard work. He says, hey, let me help you. He has a four-wheel drive. So he 
turns his four-wheel drive around, gets his rope out, ties it to the tow bar, onto the base of this tree that I've been digging at for an hour, and he revs the car, boom, it pops out just like that. I said, this is amazing. We started popping trees out left, right, and center. We're pulling trees out that aren't even on the list. Like, this is easy. Man, this, where, where, where have you been? So anyway, we're having a great time now. And, and just getting to the late afternoon, it's almost dusk. And we've got this one tree in front of the house that's just really holding on and very difficult. So John's got the four-wheel drive. He's pulling. His wheels are skidding. And bang, it eventually ricochets out across the front yard where there's our front tap knocks the tap over, and we've got a geyser of water in the front yard. I'm in trouble. Who are you going to call? <laughs> Ghostbusters. Steve, we've got to work on the new Christians class here. <laughs> Who are you going to call? A plumber. i got a friend named Adrian. He's a plumber. I get on the phone. Adrian! <laughs> quick, 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 quick. Anyway, feels like an eternity, but 10 minutes later, Adrian rocks up. He's so relaxed. Plumbers love water. And he goes, he's got all the knowledge, all the tools, all the experience to help me when I don't know what to do. Now, what's the point? If I didn't call Adrian, I'd still be there now soaking wet. I had to say, Adrian, would you help me? Now, the Holy Spirit is not just a good plumber. He's good at everything. There's no situation you will ever be in where he doesn't have the experience, the knowledge, the wisdom to help you, but you have to call. Paul's saying, I'm praying you might know the grace of Jesus. I'm praying you'd know the love of the Father. And I'm praying you would learn to do life in partnership, in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. This will change your life if you can head out of here in a few minutes and go into the week realizing, yep, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit is my senior partner. <laughs> and if you could just begin to fellowship and talk to the Holy Spirit. You know, I went to that minister's thing yesterday. I'm driving out to Berwick, and I'm in the car. I'm just going, Holy Spirit, today, would you help me? I don't know who's going to be in the room. You do. Got some material. But could you just move today? Direct me where to go. I'm, I'm just acknowledging I can't do this by myself. It's amazing. Now, some of you might, I know some people theologically start to go, hold on, aren't we supposed to pray to the Father in Jesus' name through the Spirit? Can you actually talk to the Holy Spirit? Years ago, we had an American preacher at our church, and he gave a message on how you should pray to the Father in Jesus' name. You shouldn't pray to Jesus. Um, anyway, mess people up a little bit. Uh, we were driving home that day. Our kids were little. And as we always did, they went to Sunday school. And so on the way driving home, the kids, we'd go, hey, kids, what'd you learn in Sunday school? And they'd tell us what they learned. And then uh, our second son, Ashley, who's kind of the clown in the family, but he's really smart. He goes, so what happened in big church? I said, oh, well, we had this preacher talking about how you should pray to the Father in Jesus' name rather than Jesus. There's a pause. He goes, what do you mean? I've been talking to Jesus all my life. You mean he hasn't been listening? Then he starts talking about the football. Okay, theologically, we could say, yes, our access to the Father is because of Jesus and with the help of the Holy Spirit. But 
uh, you go to the book of Revelation and there's a prayer. Even so, come Lord Jesus. You can talk to Jesus. And we say this, come Holy Spirit. And so don't get stressed out. It's one God, three persons. I think we have a relationship. How can you fellowship with someone and never talk to them? So I talk to the Father, I talk to the Son, and I thank God for the Holy Spirit. He is my friend, He's my helper, and I want to encourage you today to do life in partnership, in friendship with the Holy Spirit. And when you're there soaking wet, just go, Holy Spirit, don't know what to do now, and the Holy Spirit will help you. You know, the book of Acts is really not the Acts of the Apostles. It's the Acts of the Holy Spirit, done through the Apostles. Yeah, Philip's walking along, and the Holy Spirit says, join that chariot. And then he has an amazing conversation. I want to encourage you this week, see the Holy Spirit as your friend. Start to talk to the Holy Spirit. Start to partner with Him in your daily life. And what a difference that will make. Everyone said amen.